Went for the Superman punch and connected. McIntyre down to one knee. We're down to two men. The final men in the Rumble. Here we go! He's going to eliminate Drew McIntyre with his second Rumble. Very few men have won more than one. Roman Reigns looking to join the elite here tonight. Wow, there's a lot of power by Drew. Claymore! Claymore! By McIntyre! McIntyre! Drew McIntyre's going to WrestleMania! can say is it is about damn time. Drew McIntyre has never had an opportunity at a WWE or Universal Championship. He's going to get his chance after winning the Royal Rumble. And there is a standing ovation at Minute Maid Park, and deservedly so, over 40,000 fans standing in appreciation for Drew McIntyre. What an effort. For the first time ever, Drew McIntyre wins the Royal Rumble. But it was really, as I mentioned before, a story of two Royal Rumble matches tonight. Brock Lesnar, the WWE. Who's it gonna be? He's thinking of it. No, no way. Oh my! You gotta be kidding me. The Superstar! Edge is here! It's been nine long years. Edge, who retired in 2011 after triple fusion neck surgery. Edge with a spear! How long did you say, Cole? Nine years, Edge looked great. McIntyre bounced off the knee of Edge, and Edge now in position again with a spear to McIntyre. All right, let's get to it. Episode number 43 of the Not Another Wrestling Podcast. We're back to the number of the editions are done for now. And waited the whole week to get through just about everything. What a week it has been for wrestling fans everywhere. We had the Royal Rumble. We had Drew McIntyre winning. Edge returned. We had the Mania match we really wanted. Brock Lesnar versus Drew McIntyre set up. We have our main event of NXT TakeOver Portland set. We have our uh, new Dusty Tag Team, uh, uh, Dusty Rhodes Tag Team Tournament winners. Uh, we have a new Intercontinental Champion on Friday Night SmackDown. Um, and there's a lot to go into with AEW. So, CJ Palmasano here, and we have so much to go into. I'm going to try and get to everything that we possibly can get into today. So, Let's get right into it with the biggest things that came out of last Sunday. The Royal Rumble. This pay-per-view overall was one of my favorite Rumbles I've seen in a long time. And just one of my favorite Rumble matches in the Men's Rumble match in such, such a long time. Amazingly done. I thought that we had the right call in Drew McIntyre not only, not only eliminating Brock Lesnar... But winning the whole Rumble and going fully, uh, they doubled down on Drew McIntyre. Um, I've been speaking on this podcast for, I don't know how long at this point, for how much I love Drew McIntyre and how much I think he deserves to be in the main event. He deserves to be the top guy and deserves to be the champion. And I was losing my mind when he eliminated Roman Reigns. I Drew was the guy who I wanted to pick, but I wasn't sure if they'd actually go with him. And I'm so glad they decided to go with him over Roman because Roman Reigns did not need the win here. They made a star out of Drew McIntyre. They fully made him 
the new guy, the, the new top guy in the company, and I'm so, so happy for him. And I can't wait to see him go to WrestleMania and hopefully go on to defeat Brock Lesnar because that leads into something else that went on. Um, apparently the backstage thing is that Vince McMahon and Paul Heyman are arguing over what should be the main event of WrestleMania. Vince is saying that he wants Roman Reigns versus The Fiend at WrestleMania for the Universal Titles, the main event, whereas Paul Heyman is heavily arguing for Drew McIntyre versus Brock Lesnar to be the main event. Now, one has to think, if Paul Heyman is heavily arguing this, then Drew McIntyre must certainly going on to the Royal, uh, going on to WrestleMania and defeating Brock Lesnar in the main event. Because it makes more sense. Because you want to leave the crowd at the end of a WrestleMania, especially as long as WrestleMania has been the past number of years, happy. You want to leave them happy. Yes, they might be tired after everything, but you want to leave them happy and be like, yes, the right person won the main event. That's what should have happened. WrestleMania this past, uh, last year. Sure, we were all pretty tired, uh, but the right person won the match, and that was Becky Lynch. Becky Lynch won the match, and she was the right person to win the match. Drew McIntyre versus Brock Lesnar should be the main event of WrestleMania. Um, you can make a case and argument of, well, you know, Roman and Bray are full-time guys, and Bray should be in the in the main event of WrestleMania just as much as Drew does. And yes, I absolutely think that Bray Wyatt should be in the main event of WrestleMania at some point. Um, if it did end up being Bray Wyatt versus Roman Reigns, I wouldn't be really upset about it. But the thing is... If Roman and Bray are in the main event of WrestleMania this year, it's guaranteed that Roman's going to win the Universal title and beat The Fiend at WrestleMania, which is something we've seen already. We've already seen Roman Reigns have his hand raised high at the main event of WrestleMania, and we've already seen him main event WrestleMania, I don't know how many times at this point, 31, 32, 33, 34, four WrestleManias in a row he main evented. Two of them he won. And he won the championship, or he beat The Undertaker in, the, in WrestleMania 33, if we're talking about that. So, Roman Reigns does not need the win. And Roman Reigns even praised Drew McIntyre recently, saying how um, that he was proud of him, of how far he's come, and just how great he's been working. And he just felt like it, it was he was glad that he could have that he helped um, make Drew uh, into a star. Uh, by help, you know, by him being eliminated by Drew, Roman Reigns uh, clearly knows that he he's a top guy. He's a top guy, if not the top guy in the WWE at this point. So Roman knows he doesn't need the Royal Rumble win. He doesn't need to be in the main event of WrestleMania. As far as the Fiend versus Roman Reigns goes, I don't mind it. I mean, I would have loved if they could continue the Brian and Fiend stuff. Uh, but I don't think they're going to go that route. I think they're going to go with Roman and uh, and the Fiend. So the only way it's okay if Rome, for me, if Roman and the Fiend have a match is if the Fiend wins. That's my only reasoning, but uh, it's probably not going to be like that. But getting back to Drew, Drew McIntyre was the guy who, again, should have won the Royal Rumble, did win the Royal Rumble, eliminated Brock Lesnar, and credit, they, the whole time you were thinking... In this rumble, that Cain Velasquez was going to come out eventually and eliminate Brock, and he was going to come out and win the and uh, eliminate Brock, and that was instead of their Mania match. And I'm glad that the Ricochet stuff paid off. I'm glad that paid off because Ricochet kicked Brock in the dick, just like Brock kicked Ricochet in the dick, and Drew eliminated Brock with the Claymore kick, and just stared down at Brock. I, I was very worried that. He was just going to come back in and eliminate Drew McIntyre, but he didn't. And to credit, they made Brock look like a beast. They made him look like a badass, um, you know, eliminating everybody. He he was in there for more than half of the Rumble. And then finally, Drew comes in and he eliminated the guy who eliminated almost everybody from this entire match, making Drew look like a total badass and a huge deal. But... um. The right person won the Rumble, the men's Rumble. But there is one other thing we absolutely have to talk about in the men's Rumble. Is that Edge returned. Something I never thought could ever happen again. 
Edge was one of my favorite wrestlers growing up as a kid, and even though he was a bit of a dickhead when when I was a kid, I there's something about him that I liked. There's something about Edge that I liked, and I just I don't know what it was. Even even when he was a heel, um, uh, when he was the World Heavyweight Champion, feuding with the Undertaker and Batista, there's something about Edge I liked, and I just. I remember I had kind of gotten back into wrestling um, when he was the champion reading into WrestleMania, WrestleMania 27, and he had to retire the night after, and I was just so sad that one of my favorite guys is, is done, and I kind of like tuned out after that, and then I heard about the whole CM Punk thing, and I've, I've gone off about that many times, but to see him come back, the emotion in his face where he looked like he was about to break down and cry, like... He got a thunderous reaction, like a Rock or Steve Austin type reaction that the loudest pop of the night being him returning and you see the look in his face, just the emotion he was feel he must have been feeling to after all these years thinking like, oh, you know, like, are they going to care? Are they going to remember me or just everybody remembered Everybody cares, and we are so happy that Edge has returned to the WWE. Looking completely shredded, by the way. Edge looks like he's in the best shape of his career. And what we see is, uh, what we now know is that apparently Edge, he is signed to a three-year deal with WWE. Um, he's currently on a five, he has five matches set up for this year. Uh, which one of them being at Randy Orton at WrestleMania, which we saw that being uh, seeds being planted for that, which we'll get to in a second. Uh, I'm not exactly sure what the other uh, matches entail for the rest of those three years. I know that he's going to have a contract similar to Brock, where he's kind of going to be a part-time guy, which we expect he probably is. We don't really need Edge to be on the road all the time, which is not a big deal. I mean, he is 45, and he... I think if you're going to use Edge, I don't think you you should use him all the time. He should be kept as a big deal, um, because again, as as great as it is that he's back, we don't want to uh, mess with his uh, neck surgery too much, uh, or how his neck is healed over the years. But he looked great in the match. Um, he looked fantastic, and he cut an impassionate promo on Raw, uh, saying that you know you know how is this possible? How love you're wondering how am I standing here in this ring? How how are you, how is this all possible? He explained he got a, additional neck surgery. He and he worked his ass off to get back in the ring, and he said like, and there are so many guys that I see a lot of old faces and a whole lot of new faces. You know AJ Styles, Seth Rollins, Roman Reigns, Randy Orton, Aleister Black. I hope I all see you down the road, saying he all wants a match with them at some point. And it didn't take long for Randy Orton to come out and say that, um, you know, gave him a hug. He's glad he's back. He's like, I don't know how you feel about this or how they're going to feel about this. But how about we get Rated RKO back together one last time? And the crowd popped for it. And then Randy Orton just RKOs out of nowhere to edge. And this heel turn was so beautifully done. Randy Orton brutalizes edge in the ring. He grabs a steel chair. Hits uh, Edge in the back, gets a steel chair underneath Edge's head, and then hits a concerto to Edge to end Raw. Like, the best heel heat I've seen in a long time on Randy Orton right now. I think Randy is a great choice for Edge's for, uh, first Mania match back. Randy is certainly very safe. Um, he's not going to do anything crazy, and Edge and Randy know each other very well. They've worked together over the years for a long time, and they're friends, so they know what to do. Uh, I'm just, again, this I'm just very excited for what's going to happen with Edge next, and I remember um, quote retweeting um, on Twitter that see, the footage of him, Edge, returning to the Rumble, saying, you know, when I was a kid, I never got to see Edge live. Um, but now that he's back, there's a chance and, um, you know, three years, I, I'm, I'm definitely excited to see edge back. I hope that I can see him at a raw or, or at a pay-per-view someday. And I'm just, I'm just so happy and I cannot wait for him for his first match back, um, first singles match back. And, you know, two of the best moments out of the rumble that came out, you know, was drew winning it and edge coming back. Um, and it, it makes us very excited for what's going to happen leading to the road to WrestleMania. Um, 
Another thing that happened at the Rumble was that Charlotte Flair won the Women's Royal Rumble, which was very shocking. Um, I think we all kind of figured Shayna Baszler was going to win the Women's Royal Rumble, and a lot of people out there probably figured maybe Ronda Rousey could come back and she could win the Women's Royal Rumble, but apparently that's not the case. Last minute, the day of, the original plan was to have Roman Reigns and Shayna Baszler win the respective Rumbles, being reported by Dave Meltzer of the... Um, I am blanking on Meltzer's thing right there. It's uh, Wrestling Observer. There it is. And they changed it last minute to Charlotte Flair and Drew McIntyre because apparently, uh, well, they want obviously they want to do Drew versus Brock, and uh, they figured that they could do uh, feasibly get uh, Shayna versus Becky Lynch and Roman Reigns versus The Fiend without having to you know, have them win the Royal Rumble matches. Um, I get that for Roman. I don't necessarily get that for Shayna. Shayna could have been a really uh, nice rub for her to win the Rumble. I mean, she she looked good in the match for the most part when she came in. You know, she had as many eliminations as Bianca Belair did. Which, by the way, real quickly, Bianca Belair looked fantastic in that match. She looked great. Um, I'm a big fan of hers, too, and I'm glad she got a proper rub in that Rumble match, and she looked fantastic. Also, Beth Phoenix, props to Beth Phoenix, getting busted open the hard way and all that blood coming out of her in, in her hair towards the end of the match. Props to Beth Phoenix, uh, doing a phenomenal job. Always, always a professional. And I, I uh, she just kept going in there. She's busted. She's bloody. At first, we thought Charlotte was bleeding or something, and but no, it was Beth Phoenix. Um, props to her. Glad she's okay. And it was great to see Beth Phoenix in the wins, uh, Women's Royal Rumble. Um, but again, the last minute changes were made to Charlotte Flair and Drew McIntyre. But also, apparently, according to PW Insider, I believe it is, or uh, it's uh, Wrestling Observer Dave Meltzer, that apparently the reason for Charlotte Flair winning the Royal Rumble is because they want to do Rhea Ripley, the NXT Women's Champion, versus Charlotte Flair at WrestleMania. Now, I love this for many reasons. One... I love Rhea Ripley, and I think she is the best thing going on uh, in the women's division in WWE at the moment. Becky Lynch is great, but she's kind of doing the same thing over and over again, and I think she really needs uh, this this feud with Shayna to kind of kickstart like right now. Um, Rhea Ripley has been on fire uh, lately. She is uh, the NXT, like I said, the NXT Women's Champion, and. Honestly, I like that better than uh, Charlotte going over to SmackDown and challenging Sasha Banks, uh, well, ba- Bailey, or Sasha Banks, if, like, if we're doing Bailey versus Sasha. Because one th- th- theory I had is, you know, Bailey versus Sasha could happen at, at WrestleMania, or Charlotte versus Bailey, or Charlotte challenges Bailey, and then Sasha gets put into the match somehow, making their triple threat match, because we all know how Charlotte loves to make, make title matches, triple threat matches. Um, and as good as Be- uh, Becky and Charlotte would have been at Mania, we've seen it so many times. We don't need to see it again. Like The match would be great. Don't get me wrong. It would be great, but we've seen it too many times. Uh, but this, Rhea Ripley versus Charlotte Flair, that's even better. And I hope they go through with it because, one, it does many things. One, it puts Rhea Ripley over huge on a huge stage like WrestleMania. NXT overall, too, putting on WrestleMania. The biggest show of WWE's calendar year. And... If Rhea Ripley went on to Mania and beat Charlotte Flair, that is the biggest rub of her career. Beating the best women's wrestler of all time, the best women's wrestler in the world right now, beating her, that puts Rhea Ripley on a huge, huge pedestal. And again, Rhea Ripley is, I think she's only 23 years old, and she's has so many years left in the company. She's a unique look. She's different. We haven't really seen somebody like her before too much, really. She looks like a badass. She looks like a superhero, honestly. So, Rhea Ripley, obviously the WWE and Triple H have huge plans for her. And they think she could be the next big thing if she isn't already. I said a while ago on the podcast with Joe... Uh, I think we did, it was the 10 uh, wrestlers, wrestlers of the decade, and we talked about what wrestlers we think will be breakout huge for this coming decade. Uh, and I said Rhea Ripley, I think she'll be a bigger star than Becky Lynch. And I stand by that. I think Rhea Ripley will be a bigger star than Becky Lynch. And putting her at a, at a big match like this, against potentially against Charlotte Flair, is a huge, huge deal. And I think that is the best possible way you can have NXT have a huge spotlight 
at WrestleMania against someone like Charlotte Flair, the biggest, one of the biggest stars in the women's division, and the, quite frankly, the best in the women's division today. So, you have to, uh, you can't. Honestly, it's it's it sounds like a great match, and I'm excited for it. It's just a matter of uh, will they actually go through with it, um, and I hope they do. But uh, moving on to other things that happened in the WWE this week. Um, talk a little bit about NXT. We have the winners of the Dusty Rhodes Tag Team Tournament. Uh, the Broserweights, Matt Riddle and Pete Dunne, uh, defeating Zach Gibson and James Drake of the Grizzled Young Veterans. Um, I kind of wish the Grizzled Young Vets had won this, but I can see why the they said the winners would get a, a NXT Tag Team Championship match at NXT Portland against the Undisputed Era, even though the Undisputed Era were in the tournament to begin with. So if they won, they would have gotten a tag team title match against them. So I, I don't know. It doesn't matter. But the point is, uh, Riddle and Dunn won the match. Um, I think this will be. I think that'll be a fun match. I think I was probably more expecting them to have a match in NXT Takeover Portland, but I think this could probably set up a match at the future Takeover, maybe at Mania. The Mania Takeover with Riddle and Pete Dunne, because uh, I don't see Riddle and Dunne becoming tag team champions. I just don't. Uh, they're two singles guys. They don't need to be a tag team. I think this is just a further uh, storyline between the two of them. Um, the big thing from NXT though that I gotta talk about is uh, that Champa, Tommaso Champa, and Adam Cole segment. This was wonderful to see. You see that Tommaso Ciampa had taken out the Undisputed Era. He took out Roderick Strong, Bobby Fish, and Kyle O'Reilly. Uh, comes out of a, of a corner, and his shirt's ripped down. He's on his way down to the ring. Referees and producers find the Undisputed Era laid out. Uh, Adam Cole comes down. He's like, who did this? One of the referees goes, it was Ciampa. Ciampa did it. Like, where is he? He's going down to the ring. So uh, Cole storms down to the ring. Like, who the hell do you think you are? And Champa's like, I'll tell you who the hell I think I am, Adam Cole. Like, here's what's going to happen. You're going to walk down this ring. I'm going to sign this contract. I'm going to get you in this ring. I'm going to powerbomb you through this table. And at NXT TakeOver Portland, Goldie is coming home to daddy. And... The crowd are chanting, Hugh, daddy's home, daddy's home. William Regal comes out and says, you know, that Adam, I was trying to give you an opportunity to, to come and bring this to you because Adam Cole already signed this because he doesn't care who he faces at NXT TakeOver Portland. And, and Cole just goes, give me that. I'll bring it to him. It's like, you know, I, you know who I am? I'm the NXT, I am Adam Cole. Crowd goes, bye-bye. <laughs> I laughed at that. Um, Adam Cole says, like, and I'm the NXT champion of the world. And pretty much saying, you know, he's the best. Cole comes to the to the apron, the ring apron. Champa tries to attack him, but Cole hits him with the microphone, which busts open Champa the hard way. He's bloody all over his face. They start brawling. Champa does what he says. He picks up Adam Cole, power bombs him through the table, X marks the spot like he said. He spray painted a yellow X on the table. And grabbed the contract. Signed it, and the fans start chanting, use your blood, use your blood. Takes blood from his face, wipes it all over the contract. Blood all in there with a great line from Ronaldo. The contract signed in the blood, sweat, and tears that it took Tommaso Ciampa to get back for the match for the NXT Championship that he never lost. And he finds Goldie, the NXT Championship, picks it up, holds it tight in his arms, Unto his chest, just like he used to when he was champion. I loved this segment. I love Tommaso Ciampa. I love Adam Cole. And I think, I would think, if I'm making an early prediction, I would think that Ciampa has to win the championship at this point. I was a little worried that the 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 popularity of Champa was kind of going to die down because, you know, you had Keith Lee, he's really over, and you wasn't really sure if they were going to continue the Champa-Cole feud, but they were still able to make it a way where I'm still heavily invested into it and that the crowd is still invested into this into this uh, this rivalry. So I can't wait for next to take over Portland. Uh, just, again, another stacked t 
TakeOver. So far, we've got Gargano versus Balor. Just recently announced uh, Tegan Knox versus Dakota Kai in a street fight. We have the Undisputed Era versus the Broserweights for the tag titles. We have Cole versus Champa for the NXT title. Uh, we don't have a North American Championship yet, but I believe it's going to be Lee versus Dijakovic because uh, Dijakovic beat uh, Damian Priest in a match to uh, get a championship match. I'm not sure if that's next week or at Portland, but uh, I would say that for Portland, honestly, uh, Lee and Dijakovic always work so well together. But I'm so happy to see this uh, how well this Cole-Champa uh, segment went, and I hope Champa wins, to be honest. As much as I love... I love the prophecy. I love that the Undisputed Era hold, held all the gold. I want to see Champa back with the NXT Championship in his arms. Uh, and Goldie comes home. Um, just really, really well done stuff by uh, Tommaso Champa and Adam Cole. Um, and it makes you wonder if Champa wins the NXT Championship from Adam Cole, where do they go from there? Because... If there's one thing we all want as wrestling fans, as NXT fans, we want to see one more match between Johnny Gargano and Tommaso Ciampa. Sean and I have talked about this, and I believe Joe and I have talked about this, about what do you do when Ciampa comes back? I said, well, Ciampa's going to be a babyface when he comes back. There's there's no question about it. There's nothing you can do. You can't deny it. he's a babyface, and he is. He's, he's the biggest babyface on the show. Um, it's a matter of... When you go, if you go back, which I'm sure they will, go back to that route of Tommaso Ciampa and Johnny Gargano. What do you do? What do you do? Uh, do you turn one of them heel? Do you keep them both babyface? Does the title get involved? Does the title not get involved? I'll say this right now, and I think with how over Ciampa is right now, you can't help but put the title back on him. I think you need to put the title back on Tommaso Ciampa, and I've loved Adam Cole's run as NXT Champion. I think he's been doing an amazing job as NXT Champion, but. I don't see where you go with uh, Cole in order to further with the championship. I don't. I don't really see any other feasible opponent for him to face for the championship. Um, so I think it's time to move on and have uh, Cole move on to somebody else. Uh, maybe he'll get a rematch against uh, Champa. I'm not sure if he loses the title to him at Portland, but that's what I think. I think Champa should win the title now. Do we do the big um, match that we wanted? Uh, Champa versus Gargano at Portland? I think so. Um, I don't think they really need to be... One needs to be heel and the other needs to be babyface, but I think we should have that last big match, blow-off match between the two of them. Another route you could do, uh, you could do Finn Balor versus Tommaso Champa at NXT TakeOver Tampa Bay. Uh, because Balor, you know, you don't want to lose his steam, and he's like the the cool heel, but he still is like the best heel on the show for NXT. And I think at some point you need to do Balor versus uh, Champa for the NXT Championship. But um, I'll, maybe I'll put a little poll out on Twitter, say what match would you rather see NXT take over Tampa Bay, and I'll put a little match options, and uh, we'll see what we get there. But uh, but as far as Tommaso Champa goes. I think he needs to win the championship uh, at Portland, and I think he really needs because he's got all the momentum in the world. And you need to, you know, go with it, man. I mean, look, they did it with Keith Lee. They didn't put the NXT championship on him, but they gave him the North American championship. And Keith Lee is over his rover right now. He's the man. So that's what I think needs to happen. Um, and uh, I guess moving on. Uh, real quickly, a couple things that happened on Friday Night SmackDown. I don't really get to talk about SmackDown too much on this show because of when I record, but uh, with my schedule this week, I didn't get to re record until today being Super Bowl Sunday is the day I'm recording this. So um, we're getting the dirt sheet returning next week to Friday Night SmackDown. John Morrison and The Miz, I've been loving what they've been doing. They're the number one contenders for the SmackDown Tag Team Championships. And uh, we got a brand new Intercontinental Champion in Braun Strowman defeating Shinsuke Nakamura for the title. Um, I was actually just texting about Sean, uh, Sean with this the other day, saying that, you know, I'm happy that Strowman won the title. I am. I love Braun Strowman, and it's long overdue that he won a championship, and he needed to win a championship at this point. Um, does it help that Shinsuke is the one who kind of had to do the job to him, to drop the title to him? Uh, in a way, yes and no, but Shinsuke's been hurt. 
I think kind of almost far beyond repair at this point with the way they've kind of just botched him on the main roster. Um, but yeah, I, I think uh, I'm happy for Strowman. I am like because at some point you had to put a title on him. They should have put a title on him a long time ago, but I'm just glad they finally did it. Um, so congratulations, Braun Strowman, the new Intercontinental Champion. Uh, just wondered where what's going to go with him and Shinsuke Nakamura if things are going to continue or not uh, between the two. I'm not sure if they will, but um, we will see. I know I'm kind of moving a little fast here, but uh, I've got a lot of things to do today as uh, we are speaking. Uh, so I'm kind of going things a little fast, but moving on to uh, AEW, I guess. Uh, we're going on to... Uh, few things that happened at AEW. Uh, beginning of the show started with uh, Moxley and the Inner Circle brawling and um, uh, Jericho uh, had Santana and Ortiz. He had them bring out some uh, some some thugs from the Bronx or something, uh, which I didn't really see the point of. I don't see why you needed to bring extra guys or have extras come in for the Inner Circle. It's, it it kind of dilutes the the feeling of the group. Like, you know, they're confident in, in their numbers and they're confident in how tough they are. So you don't really need these other guys. You have Jericho, Guevara, uh, Hager, Santana, and Ortiz. You don't need these other guys around. Um, Moxley just decided, he's like, you know, screw it, let's fight. And it's like, seven or eight on one security comes in and uh breaks up the brawl john moxley looking like a total badass with that eye patch i mean can he be captain jack sparrow or something i don't know that was horrible anyway uh the young bucks had defeated the butcher and the blade uh after the match uh they tried to get the better of the bucks but kenny uh Hangman Page comes down and uh, is drinking a beer while he's doing it. Tells one of the Bucks to hold the beer and uh, I believe hits the Buckshot Lariat onto either the Butcher or the Blade. Uh, this storyline with Hangman Page, I'm really liking a lot. Um, he's kind of throwing in little jabs here and there to the Young Bucks, you know, of just like... He said like, hey, uh, on the Cruise episode, he's like, hey, I didn't think... You know, I figured I, you guys would win these titles before I did. You know, uh, like little hidden jabs here and there to kind of be like, you know, they're backhanded compliments almost. Um, and I really like that. Uh, I'm glad Hangman Page is getting a bit of a storyline. I'm glad he's getting some character in there because when he faced Jericho back in August, I mean, we all, as much as I love Hangman Page, it, it wasn't his time yet, man. It wasn't his time. I'm sure before this year is over, maybe he'll become an uh, AEW champion. I don't know, but it just wasn't. Hangman Page's time, um, but now he's starting to get some character. He's starting to get some uh, a good storyline in. He's one half of the AEW Tag Team Champions with Kenny Omega, so it'll be interesting to see where things go from here. Um, what's made for the following week of AEW is uh, Omega and Page versus the uh, the Young Bu uh, Omega Page, the Young Bucks versus the Lucha Brothers and the Butcher and the Blade. Um, so point in the show, SEU had a match, and they were all wearing Kobe Bryant jerseys, uh, which, real quickly, I uh, have to give a uh, tribute to Kobe Bryant. I uh, just want to say rest in peace to him, his daughter Gianna, and to all those who have passed away in that helicopter crash. Um, it's been about uh, a week of the time I'm recording this, and it just doesn't feel real. Uh, so Kobe Bryant was somebody who I kind of watched growing up as a kid playing basketball, and it's just a tragedy. So just want to quickly say, rest in peace, Kobe Bryant. And um, thank you for all the memories. A lot of tributes that we've seen from Kobe Bryant this past week from everywhere, from AEW, NXT, uh, the Royal Rumble, everywhere. It's because it's just a tragedy. But uh, trying to get back onto the moving forward now. Um, I think my favorite thing from AEW this week, and it may not be your favorite thing, but my favorite thing this week was Britt Baker's heel turn, official heel turn, I have to say, in this promo she did with Shoni Shivani. She kind of showed this on the, the uh, New Year's Day episode of uh, AEW, where she just kind of like berates Riho, you're like, yeah, where you been, Riho? I'm here every week, and where are you? You're nowhere to be found, and you're the champion. And she's berating Riho in this promo. You know, she's now become smug, cocky, she's uh, shooting on JR, saying that, like, I'm a doctor, by the way, JR, but that's all you know about me because you don't know half of the names in our division and you don't know anything about us. That's the only thing you can say about me while I'm in the ring. 
And she said that Tony Shavani, she's like, I care about you, Tony, but you need to back away from me because you have uh, mildly severe gingivitis. Pick up a toothbrush, for God's sakes. And getting a shot in on Cleveland saying, finally, Cleveland, you have a baker that you can count on. Ooh, shots fired by Britt Baker. But here's the thing, though. If it's one thing that AEW's weakness is... And I've said it before, it's the women's division, man. The women's division is the weakest part about AEW. And they really, really need to shake things up. And I think with this heel turn with Britt Baker, I think that's what you need to do. I thought it was a good idea at first when they put the title on Riho and she people were really liking her. They were really she was really popular at the time. But you cannot have somebody who isn't there every week as the champion. It's I guess similar to a Brock Lesnar thing, where she's the champion, no one's there. Like as much as people like Riho, she doesn't. She doesn't. She shows up once in a blue moon, and when she does show up, it doesn't feel important. At least when Brock Lesnar shows up and he's the champion, it feels important. Brock feels like a big deal. The thing is, there needs to be more character development in the AEW Women's Division. People need to feel like the AEW women feel important. And right now, to me, Britt Baker is the only woman on the entire AEW women's roster who feels important to me. She's the only one. I like Chris Satlander, but I like the whole kind of alien thing. But why should I care? You know, Riho. I really like Riho, but when she's there, why should I care? Uh, Nyla Rose, you know. Uh, why sh- just why should I care about these women? Look in the ring. There's a lot of they they're great in the ring, but you know you need to make people invested and you need to make people care about the women's division. That's why WWE's women's division is so great because Charlotte Flair feels like a big deal. Becky Lynch feels like a big deal. Rhea Ripley, Candice LeRae, uh, Sasha Banks, Bailey, you know. Uh, Shayna Baszler, all these women feel like a big deal. And right now, Britt Baker is shining out of all of them, and they need to put the title on her ASAP. I don't know what the plans are as far as the AEW Women's Championship at the next pay-per-view, Revolution, but Riho needs to show up back on AEW more. She needs to get back on TV, and they need to put her in this program with Britt Baker, and they need to put the title on Britt Baker right away. That's the person who we all thought was going to win the title anyway. But now, Britt Baker's a heel, and she needs to be the champion right now. And the AEW women's roster needs to step up their game. I'm not saying this because I think it's horrible, but or the women are horrible. They're great in the ring, don't get me wrong. But there needs to be more improvement. There needs to be more character development. And you need to give the crowd a reason to care about these women. You know, everybody else in the roster, we have a big reason to care. You know, we love Kenny Omega, you know, SCU, Hangman Page, Cody Rhodes, Chris Jericho in the inner circle, John Moxley, Darby Allen. We care about these guys. They have character. There's something about them that attracts us to them. There's nothing to me that attracts me to the AEW women's division. The only thing it does is Britt Baker. So right now, she's the hottest thing going on in the women's division. And again, it's not saying much. Not to discredit Britt Baker. I think she's great, and I'm glad she's turning heel and she's bringing some some intrigue to the division. But they need to start doing that with the rest of the women's division. And the first thing they need to do is get the title off of Riho and put it on Britt. That's what they need to do. Um, moving on to uh, Pax promo, which I don't know about you, but I'm I, I can't be the only one who thought that Pat coming down those stairs and lifting his arms out that he didn't just look like the Joker, like Joaquin Phoenix. He had to come. Like, all you need to do is just put the Joker in there when he's dancing down the stairway, scene, down the scene of that alley. Um, wherever he was, it looked like he was it, he was cold. You could see his breath. He was in his gear for whatever reason, and. He's saying, Kenny Omega, I finally have your attention. Do I finally have your attention now, Kenny? Now you're paying attention to me. And he starts coughing in the promo, which I thought actually added a lot to it. I actually like that, even though Pat could be dying or have the flu or something. Um, he's coughing, and he says, and he says, like, you're finally paying attention to me, Kenny. Well, guess what? I'm coming for you, and next week I'm coming for blood. And hell... I don't know why they uh, 
they're not continuing with this feud. Uh, well, they kind of are. Kenny's kind of the feud is that Kenny's kind of like preoccupied with him in a tag team now with Hangman Page, and Pack is obsessed with Kenny Omega, and he's trying to get his attention, and he wants a match with him. He wants to beat Kenny Omega again, which their match at all out was amazing, and it sure it for sure was one of the best matches on the show, maybe the best. If not the the Bucks and Lucha Bros ta- uh, ladder match, but the thing being is that Pack, I- I'm just I'm just glad to see Pack in a position where he was kind of like you know relegated to a cruiserweight division in WWE, wasn't really done with anything, and now he comes back and he feels like a big deal in AEW. And legit one of the best wrestlers in the world. And my favorite finisher to to watch. And I think the most innovative finisher in wrestling today. Because how many guys... Uh, I mean, again, it's hard to innovate wrestling. And it's hard to make new finishers when everything's just about done. But Pac is one of those guys like a Ricochet or a Will Ospreay or you know guys like that. Robbie Eagles uh, who can kind of just innovate high-flying wrestling and who know how to create new moves. And... Pack is also a guy who not only does he can do high flying, but he can also you know ground and pound. He can he can work. He can you know he can uh, uh, grappling uh, technician. You know, uh, Pack's the man, and he's a bastard. <laughs> uh, closing out the show with AEW, it was uh, the Inner Circle versus uh, Darby Allen and uh, I think it was SCU. I believe it was SCU. Uh, again, I am catching up as much as I can. I didn't catch too much of, uh, sorry, it was Private Party. Private Party and, uh, and, uh, Darby Allen. Jesus Christ. Anyway, so it was Jericho and, uh, Santana and Ortiz, and they beat, uh, Private Party and Darby Allen. After the match, uh, Inner Circle tried to beat up Darby Allen, but John Moxley came in and made the save. Um, I'm very excited leading into AEW Revolution of the card that we have. Uh, so far, I mean, I know we're going to get Cody and MJF. We're going to get uh, Jericho and Moxley. Um, I imagine we'll have to get Britt Brit Baker and Riho at that show too. Um, we're also going to be getting... Actually, I'm not sure. <laughs> to be honest, I'm not sure where the rest of the card is, but but you have to imagine it's going to be a good show. AEW have put on three great pay-per-views so far. Uh, with Double or Nothing, uh, All Out, and Full Gear. So this should be fun. Um, what I'm looking forward to next week, um, the segment between Cody Rhodes and uh, MJF, because next week apparently MJF's going to be giving 10 lashes to Cody Rhodes. Um, and as far as the story goes, I think I'm most intrigued with Cody Rhodes and MJF. I'm most intrigued with Cody Rhodes and MJF. A story that I didn't think they pulled the trigger so quickly on back in full gear, but uh, I'm glad they did. Because MJF is, to me, maybe the best heel in the business right now. He really just does not care what people think. The character he is on TV is who he is in real life and who he is on Twitter. Um, He'll always say, I'm not playing a character. This is literally who I am in real life, you dumb marks. Um... (laughs) MJF, I think, can be... I can see the story leading to MJF and Cody, where eventually MJF becomes the AEW champion, and then at a big pay-per-view, Cody finally wins the title back. Because we have to imagine, with how popular Cody Rhodes is, he can't not be the AEW world champion. As much as he may not want to put the title on himself, but the fans love Cody, and he has to be the champion at some point. He has to be. So that being said, um, I'm really liking this story. Uh, I even like what they did last week when uh, MJF was berating Cody Rhodes at the Cruise uh, episode, and Cody said, "You know, you know, I can't touch you, Max, but these guys can." And then double super kick into the by the Young Bucks, and they throw MJF into the pool at the uh, the Cruise episode of AEW. Um. I didn't really mean for this to be as short as I uh, 
intend it, but I, uh, I guess it is kind of short. I'm kind of pressed for time today, so trying. To, I don't mean to get through everything too quickly, but uh, I guess for the last uh, number of minutes, I'm going to do this. Um, I'll say that we're shaping up to a lot of great things coming up. The road to WrestleMania, the road to uh, Revolution, NXT TakeOver Portland, and eventually when we get to NXT TakeOver Tampa Bay. Right now, I'm most in the things that I'm really loving in wrestling right now. One, Edge is back. Drew won the Rumble. Champa, Champa and Cole. Uh, Britt Baker's heel turn. And uh, John Moxley and uh, Chris Jericho leading into our, uh, sorry, Revolution. I almost said our Evolution, like any, the NXT TakeOver show. Um, leading into it. If I had to be booking WrestleMania myself, a little fantasy booking to kind of go out WrestleMania, I'd go out with the end of this podcast. Obviously, I'd do Drew and uh, Drew and Brock. I would do Brock, uh, Roman and The Fiend. I would do and Edge and Orton, Becky and Shayna, Rhea Ripley and Charlotte Flair. I would have a uh, multi-man ladder match for the U.S. title. Uh, Rey Mysterio, Andrade, Humberto Carrillo, B uh, Buddy Murphy, Alistair Black, and uh, maybe Ricochet. Um, I'd have the tag champs. I'd have uh, Rollins and uh, Murphy drop the tag titles to, I don't know, back to the Viking Raiders or the club, whoever, just a, a tag team of some sort, and then AOP win them back. Um, and I would do... Uh, Drew versus Rollins after Mania. Because I'm not really sure who they're going to get Seth Rollins to face WrestleMania. He's you know he's coming off of a big heel turn. He's got this faction with him now. So I'm not sure who they're going to get for him to face at WrestleMania. Um, unless they actually get CM Punk, which I highly doubt they will. Uh, I really don't see anybody else of uh, that caliber and that level on Rollins right now who can actually face him at Mania. Um, and as far as NXT goes, again, I said I put the title on Champa. I would probably have uh, Champa Gargano do one last time at Tampa Bay, and uh, I'd do Riddle versus Dunn. Uh, I'd probably have uh, Era face maybe. Um,
Forgotten Sons, Mustache Mountain. Um, not sure, to be honest, but uh, we'll have to wait and see. Anyway, uh, I don't really think I have anything else to say, so I guess this will do it for this episode of the Not Another Wrestling Podcast. Uh, thank you so much for joining me. Thank you so much for uh, being patient. Uh, <laughs> uh, I hope you all ch- got to check out the uh, tribute to Eddie Guerrero that me and uh, my my uh, my friend Eduardo Falcone and I did, my buddy Ed. Um, that was an episode I was really happy I got to do, and hopefully we'll be able to get to do more episodes like that once in a while. Let's talk about maybe, um, you know, tributes to, to uh, passed on wrestlers, uh, the state of the business, uh, favorite wrestlers of all time, matches, WrestleManias, Royal Rumbles. We'll uh, get more into that as uh, time goes on um, with uh, with maybe Ed and my good buddy Joe, who we've had on this sh- uh, show before, which I'm sure all you guys are clamoring for him to come back. I get all the DMs and the messages and being like, you know, bring J- back Joe, bring back Joe. <laughs> um, so uh, thank you all for listening so much. I uh, hope the time this is uh, Super Bowl Sunday. Trying to try and get this out today. And hope you all enjoy the Super Bowl. Uh, be sure to like us on Facebook. Follow us on Twitter and Instagram at the Not Another Wrestling Podcast. Uh, if you'd like to follow me, my Twitter is uh, CJ underscore 1214. Um, and uh, I'll put some polls. You know, what was your favorite favorite thing from wrestling this week? Um, you know, what are you most excited for? Let us know. Um, be sure to listen to us on Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, Spotify, uh, Podbean, Anchor.fm. And uh, thank you all so much for listening. Uh, I hope you had a great week. Can't wait to see what's going to happen this week for Raw, SmackDown, AEW, NXT. Uh, So for CJ Palmasano, we'll see you next time.